Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Chris Chandler shares a story about the Eastern Shore blues scene. Well, my story starts in 1973, the summer of 73, and I'm 16 years old. And um, I take a job at a lumber mill in a little town on the eastern shore called Accomack. And uh, I get the job because my family knows the family that owns the lumber mill. And my brother and a good friend of ours are also working there. And I want to balk up for the summer because I'm starting to play sports and football. Yeah, I play football. Small school. (laughs) Well, anyway, so I'm at this lumber mill, and basically it's an all-African-American crew running the mill, and my brother and my friend and myself are the only white laborers in the whole contingent. And there's this one gentleman that I first met that year named Burley Strand, and he's the head sawyer. He's the guy with the carriage, logs roll down, and he controls it, and it cuts the lumber, and it goes on down the line, and we stack the lumber. Well, Burley, and don't let the name, don't get hung up on his name. He wasn't a big, burly, strapping guy carrying, you know, Paul Bunyan type. He was about 5'10", wiry, sinewy, uh, He was a really good sawyer, but that's not what he was known for. Uh, In his community, and he was one of the pillars of his community and his church, he was known as a semi-famous blues guitarist. And he was a very, very good guitarist. Um, He started out, of course, with his brothers singing in the church. And when he was six, his father bought him his first guitar. By the time he was 13... He was traveling, playing professionally up and down the East Coast, from the Jersey Shore all the way down to the Carolinas. And um, eventually he had his own band, the All-Stars, and they would play out up and down all over the place. I had no idea about him. I, I, I knew none of this the entire summer I worked there. I mean, I would get, you know, bits and pieces, but... And I, at the time, and ever since I was a small kid, I was immersed in music. And at the time, I was a fledgling musician myself. I was trying to learn how to play the guitar. I was playing bass in a local garage band, just, you know, Bachman Turner Overdrive, that kind of stuff. Um, When Burley came down and asked my brother and Tommy, and he invited Tommy and my brother and myself to come out to hear the All-Stars one night. They were playing at the Eastern Shore Yacht and Country Club. And uh, so I was, I was, I'm there. And I went, and I was blown away, blown away. They were a seven-piece horn section, the whole, the whole thing. And they did Motown. They were doing George Benson in those days. And they were doing B.B. King and Albert King and... Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Stevie Wonder. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And in those days, I was the kind of guy, if I went to a homecoming dance, I would drop my date's hand as soon as I got in the door, and I'd run up to the stage and, oh, Fender, Gibson, you know. It's, I mean, I was just hungry for any kind of music. 
So I got back to work the following Monday, and I was like, Burley, you guys were great. And he was like, yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming out, and now get back to work. And he was back in his Sawyer mode, you know. And so in, in several summers, and I, I went back summer after summer because I enjoyed working there, and the money wasn't too bad, $1.95 an hour. And um, <laughs> so after a couple of years, and we were crossing paths, Burley's band, the All-Stars, were doing a benefit for a small child who had been struck by a car, and the family was having a hard time making the uh, medical payments. They just had a lot of crushing debt. And so he puts this benefit on, and he invited a band that I was in to come play. Well, at that time, I had made friends with a friend of mine's sister who was a drummer, and she was in one of the variations of one of the bands I was in in those days. And she and I decided we wanted to do this, since, but we didn't have a band, so we were like going to get a friend of ours who played acoustic. And in the meantime, Burley said, no, forget that, just come on up, sit in with us. So it was my first experience of playing with the All-Stars. And I guess I should mention, he always had an open-door policy with his groups, and normally when he would call himself the All-Stars, but if he had white musicians sit in with him, he called himself the Black and White All-Stars. So, and so I was playing with the Black and White All-Stars. Well, it came for a time, and we got up to do our couple of numbers. Uh, one was Pride Mary, of course, and the other one was um, Dave Mason's Feeling All Right. Well, we had a great night. I mean, the crowd loved us, and... You know, I was feeling good about things, and after everything was said and done, we went back outside, loaded in, and sitting around the, the van, passing the whiskey bottle with the All-Stars and Burley and everybody, and I felt like I'd arrived. I, it really was a great, great feeling. I was with these professionals, you know, and I was just a kid. So... Let's just go forward 15 years, because basically from that moment on, 15 years passes. I don't see a whole heck of a lot of early. My life changes greatly. I had married. I had moved from the eastern shore to here, to Norfolk, gotten divorced, and I had met my present wife. And in the interim, during the divorce... I hadn't been playing a lot of music in my previous marriage. In fact, I hadn't really played any music for like 13 years. I'd sold most of all my equipment, all save for the 75 Fender bass precision that I still have. And um, during the divorce, I got back into music with a vengeance. I mean, it just, it, I became obsessed with it. And I played with anybody who would take me in and pick up. I'd play any, in any pickup band. Eventually, I uh, made a phone call, Norfolk State Radio, and got a bass position with the Michael Clark Band. Y'all may have heard of them. And that was in the mid-90s, and I played two years with them, and then met a circle of friends where I'd moved to in Norfolk. We all played music, and that's when I met my present-day wife. 
And so in those days, and the year was 1998, we were getting married, and we decided that we would marry in my hometown church on the Eastern Shore. And so my wife, Rita, asked me, or my to-be wife, asked me, do you know of a band on the Eastern Shore? And I said, yeah. And I thought of Burley immediately. So I dial him up and uh, hadn't talked to him in, oh, 15 years, I'm, I'm sure. And I said, uh, Burley, you still have your band? He said, no, no. I said, my, my bass player passed a few years ago, and I just haven't done anything. Um, I said, well, I'm looking for a band to play for this wedding. And he said, well, I can put something together. And I okay. So we agreed on a price. And come the wedding reception, he shows up, and he has a five-piece band. And they are crackerjack, crackerjack. He's got... Pooh Johnson on the piano and he's got Robert Buckner on drums and this guy Steve and I can't remember his last name from Richmond jazz guitarist just fantastic and this 18 year old kid on bass who was also like a junior flea um, just a great great band and, and the, our friends loved them and they played all blues numbers and then pop numbers anything you wanted to hear people would be giving him pieces of paper and he'd play it well my oldest daughter who was around 12 and her best friend had written a song that they wanted to sing to my wife and I and so she goes up to Burley and says can we do this song and Burley said sure what key is it in well they had a piece of paper with the lyrics and that was about it. She had no idea what a key was or <laughs> what melody was or anything like that. So Burley goes, well, i tell you what. You just start, and, and I'll follow you. So she and Danielle start singing, her friend. They start singing, and Burley's just a step back from them. And you can see his, his hands going up and down the neck, locating the, the key, the intonation, and the melody of the song. And by the second sentence of the song, halfway through the first verse, he's looking at the rest of the band, and he's showing them where he is on the guitar, and he's mouthing the key. And the piano player's finding it, and the drummer's, you know, kind of kicking in the beat a little bit with the foot. And by the second verse, the drummer's kicked it in, the song's built, and it's completely, it's a complete song. And this band is accompanying my daughter and her friend harmonizing, and it's a complete song. Well, Rita's weeping, I'm weeping, all our friends are weeping. It's just a great moment. It's like it's magic. But I thought about it, and I thought a couple of things. I thought, number one, how truly kind of him to take that moment and do that, but he was also good enough that he had the chops to be able to pull that off. So by the time the band came in, it was a real song, and he was actually driving what my daughter was singing. So it's very clever, and I just thought it very noble of him, and I thanked him profusely at the end of the night for that. Well, we would cross paths. My wife and I go back and forth because I have family on to the Eastern Shore, and we discovered a music festival that the Eastern Shore's Art Center in Belhaven, Eastern Shore's own art center, put on every year in September called the Eastern Shore's own music festival. 
where they showcase local talent. And usually Burley, with his new band, Mr. B and the Boys, close off the festival at the end of the night. And it's always just, you know, Burley's show. It's, it's an incredible, you know, the crowd's going wild and dancing and everybody's drunk and it's just fantastic. And um, so we, you know, from time to time over the years would cross paths and exchange greetings and have uh, just a, a moment, you know, where I would catch up m- with my old friend. And the year 2009, there was a, another benefit that was being given for a dear lady over there who was suffering from cancer and more medical bills. And it was going to be given at a place called the Dew Drop Inn. Now, the Dew Drop Inn was built about 60 years ago by the Gibbons family, supplied by money from the Crudup family. Now, the Crudup family was Arthur Crudup, who wrote the song, That's All Right, Mama. And he was living and actually passed on the shore in those years. Um, his son continued the tradition of the Dew Drop Inn along with the Gibbons family. And I am sure, I'm positive, and I know this is a fact, that Burley had played there many, many, many times in the 60s when he was doing his circuit. So it was like coming home for him. Well, I was invited to this play for this benefit, and I heard possibly Mr. B and the boys would be there. So the group that I was playing with at the time was just a small acoustic group, and I traveled light in those days with just a small little bass amp that I could carry like a suitcase and my acoustic bass guitar. But for this particular night, I decided to carry my big bass rig, head and cabinet, and my Fender Precision because I thought if Burley's playing that night, then maybe I might have a chance to sit in with him on a number or two, and that would be really nice. So we show up, my wife and I go over, we take our bottle of wine, you know, that don't leave home without it. <laughs> so I play my set with this group, and it was a nice set. We were the opening group, and it was, it was a nice set, and it was a real crowd pleaser, and I'm relaxed, and it's done. And so we sit down to have dinner and open the wine, and Burley's still not there, but I'm not worried. I know he's going to be there. And we sit down to dinner, and we're enjoying the wine. We're enjoying the dinner, and a little time later, the dinner's finished, and the wine bottle's half empty, and I'm real relaxed, really nice, just, okay, this is great. And in walks Burley. And so he's saying his hellos way back in the room, and I finally catch his eye, and I say, Burley, come on over to our table. He comes, and he makes his way through, and he sits down and we exchange pleasantries and I say you remember my wife Rita and oh yes I remember Rita from the wedding and you know he, he just same old amicable self you know same old Burley and so it comes around to where I go uh, Burley do you think I could maybe sit in on a number or two and he looks he gets real serious and he goes you got your bass I said yeah yeah I brought my bass you got an amp? I said, it's right over there on the stage. And 
In fact, if you guys want to use it, you're welcome to use it. He goes, well, he kind of hesitates, and he goes, you want to do the whole set? (laughs) And I'm like, and my head's racing. I'm like deer in the headlights, first of all, and my head's racing, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm like, say yes, do not say no, say yes, say yes. But it's a whole set, say yes, and... I'm like, he plays the blues. I play the blues. Okay, this will be fine. Yes, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. Without even, you know, and then I'm thinking, God, I'm playing the whole night with this guy. I've never rehearsed nothing. You know, it's total, total improvisation. So there's this, like, silence. He goes, great, great. We'll have fun. We'll have fun. By the way, do you know James Brown's sex machine? And I'm like... (laughs) And, you know, James Brown's bass player is like invented funk. So I'm like, Burley, let's just stick to the blues. Can we do that? And he's like, okay. So we we get up and we start off the first song is uh, like B-flat shuffle, 12-bar, and it's, you know, easy, you know. And then the next song is That's All Right, Mama. I know that song. That kind of rocked. The third song we did that night and what really kicked the evening in for me was stand by me and he turned and looked at me he goes stand by me and I went okay he said you good with that and I said yeah let's do it because I knew it's just sort of a descending thing starts on those two notes you know and he's doing the little guitar riff right there in the middle and he comes in when the night is dark and the land is dark and you know I will not be afraid I will not be afraid as long as you stand by me. And he starts into that verse, and I just knew, I just knew, I knew this night was going to be great. So when he, by the time he finished the first verse, we got to the chorus, I was feeling so confident, I just stepped right up to the mic and started harmonizing with him, you know, stand by me, stand by me. And it just worked beautifully. We were looking at each other like, this is, this is great. So we did a couple more numbers, three or four more numbers, and Burley goes, I want to introduce a special guest, and it was Clarence Gibbons, which is one of the Gibbons family members, and I don't know if y'all have heard of him, but they call him Black Elvis, and he was actually in the movie Leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage, one of his claims to fame. He was one of about a thousand Elvises in that movie, but... He gets up, and we're doing blue suede shoes and Heartbreak Hotel and, you know, Love Me Tender, because he's got that Elvis voice, you know, and the crowd is going nuts. And they absolutely love him. And the whole night is just magic. It's just magic. So at the end of it, I find myself being driven back to Norfolk. My wife's driving, and I'm rambling on. Did that just happen? What just happened tonight? What, what was that? What that? And I was on cloud nine. I was like, what the heck just happened? And so if I could only imbue what that night felt like to me, if I could hand that to each one of you all, like a coat to put on and what it felt like to go through that, I can never explain it in a million years unless you could feel it. It was just magic. Well... Life goes on, and life teaches us lessons. And last December, Burley passed. 
He had a big, big service. I chose not to go, and I regret it. I wish I had. People told me later that there were dozens of people who had played with him, black and white, were there. His church service was just a thing of beauty and very loving. And as they were rolling his casket, I, the choir sang, Stand By Me. And when they got to the chorus, the congregation all joined in. Thank you. That was Chris Chandler sharing his connection to the blues. Thanks, Chris, for sharing your story. If you'd like to join Tell Me More or help out in any way, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a contact and submission form, a list of upcoming shows, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.